1: Welcome back to another installment of the Wide Right podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for the Athletic. It is Tuesday night, January 25th, around 9:31 p.m. Final recruiting weekend. For the 2022 cycle on deck. Big weekend for the Hurricanes. A lot of guys going to be coming down and taking sort of their last uh, official visit. Uh, Miami's been busy with the transfer portal as well. Uh, A lot of news going on. Miami picked up Antonio Maltry from UAB, defensive lineman, uh, transfer, fifth-year senior. He'll join Jake uh, Lichtenstein, USC transfer, uh, as, as sort of veteran presence. But Miami's not done recruiting defensive lineman. They got Cyrus Moss, obviously the All-American. They got Nigel Lee Kelly, another All-American, two guys that they signed, but they're still not done, man. They're still looking for big bodies up front, and obviously the biggest one is Shamar Stewart, the five-star defensive lineman out of Miami Monsignor Pace. Tonight, I got a chance to catch up with Shamar for an interview. I also caught up with Jack Pyburn out of Jacksonville Bulls. He's a 6'4", 260-pound defensive end. He's only a three-star recruit. But he's a guy that's down to Miami and Auburn. He's going to make his announcement February 1st. Look, it's a big recruiting time, so we're going to have recruiting coverage here. Obviously, a lot of other things going on, we'll come back with more shows soon. But I wanted to get you these two interviews because they're two important uh, targets for the Hurricanes. Shamar Stewart, we'll go with him first, and then we'll get to the Jack uh, Pyburn interview, talking about both Miami and Auburn. With Shamar, I wrote a big story, spoke to his position coach at Pace, Mo Marquez, ran over the weekend on the athletic.com. Be sure to check it out. Uh, you know, he's obviously deciding between Miami, Texas, A&M, and Georgia. This is his final official visit. Uh, Sport first reported earlier this week that, uh, for Shamar, he wants to know who Miami's next defensive coordinator is going to be. Those decisions obviously haven't been made yet. Uh, I spoke to Shamar tonight. He basically uh, reiterated what he told Canesport, um, that you know he wants to know how he's going to be used. It's very important for him to know uh, if he's going to be a defensive tackle or a defensive end. So without further ado, here is Shamar Stewart in his own words, followed by an interview with Jack Pyburn. Uh, be sure to check out both interviews. Lots of good information. All right, so we're a week away from signing day and it's 8 p.m. here on January 25th, and we've got a special guest on the show, one of the top recruits in the country, one of the best players I've seen play football here in South Florida. That would be Shamar Stewart of Miami Monsignor Pace. Uh, Shamar, I caught up with your uh, position, Coach Mo Marquez, last week, wrote an article for The Athletic um, before you made your trip to Georgia. I know the Bulldogs are one of your finalists along with Miami and uh, Texas A&M. Just curious, you know, as we're a week away, man, how nervous are you about, you know, sort of reaching that final decision and, and you know, knowing you're going to be off to college soon?
2: I'm very nervous because this next month, my decision may determine my future.
1: Certainly, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a big decision. Um, Mo obviously has been a big help in this whole process and, in my article I tried to point out how, you know, in your situation, you know, he told me about you basically living with your grandmother and um, you know, how she trusts you and the family trusts you to, to trust him rather to to help you go through the process. Just tell me a little about Mo and your guys' relationship, man, and, and what what that's been like.
2: Me and him have a very special relationship. We when he came into my life I saw him more as a coach. And as we get to bond with football he became more to more of a dad to me, a father figure, a mentor. And he now he helps me overseas, me, and help me make make the right decision for my future.
1: Yeah, how comforting is that to know that you that you have a guy who's obviously helped other kids. He was at university school beforehand, um, worked with other guys, go through the college process. When you make a decision like this, how how important is it for you to have somebody like that and having your your back and, and being in your corner?
2: It's very important because some kids out there they don't have somebody to talk to about things like that. Me knowing I have him in my life is is a very is a is a big blessing.
1: Yeah. Um you you met him, I guess he told me right after his, your freshman year, right? He had come over from youth school and started working with you and he said, you know, you hadn't really played football that long. You were an athlete, but he's he talked about, you know, your stance and how he was trying to teach you to, you know, with your right foot and your left foot, all the different <laughs> things. How much as a player has he helped you?
2: (laughs) Without him, I wouldn't be who I am today.
1: Were you real raw in the beginning, man? Like, in terms of just knowing the rules, knowing what to do. Take me back to the beginning when you first started and what that was like.
2: I mean, back in the beginning, uh, you know, I still learned the ropes. So, you know, a little hard-headed freshman. Do, try to do whatever I want to do to try to make a play. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't have no technique. So I did whatever.
1: Yeah, and he taught you that, and, and how did he teach you that? And, and, and you know, he told me you're a film junkie, so I wonder how much maybe you learned from others growing up as a player.
2: As a player, my freshman year, it was usually the seniors that always have a study group of film. So as my freshman year went along, I started joining the groups and made, made me fall in love with film.
1: And and you study a whole lot, I guess. Uh, who who are some of the guys that you've studied over time? Pro over, or college? Yeah.
2: Over time, I was watching Miles Garrett when he first got in the league. And then I saw his production through his ears. So I, every year I try to model my game more like Miles Garrett.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're 6'6, he told me 272 pounds. Just t- tell me about the way your body grew, because you were 6'4", he told me, 215 pounds, so you obviously worked to get that big, not just the height, but the weight and everything. Uh, tell me that. Tell me about that process for you.
2: He, he always told me, looking like a stick won't get you to college, won't, won't make you ready for college. So he told me, when we first with each other, he told me, I need to get in the weight room.
1: And so you were, you were with him early and often, how many hours a day were you in there with him and, and, and your teammates?
2: Uh, Every day, uh, back then, it was five days, five weeks. So I was in, a, like, I'll say 10 hours out of my week.
1: Mm-hmm. And you were putting it in, and, and you were seeing results right away? Your body was, was, was showing it, or it took some time?
2: I don't know. It, it, it immediately started showing. When I got with a strength program, like, it immediately, immediately started showing in, like, small portions. Then, I guess, the rate
1: went up. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, obviously, you get to your senior year and everybody has you, you know, one of the best players in the country. What's that like when everybody starts shining that that spotlight on you and telling you, hey, you're one of the best in the country? Is it something you feel good about or is it something that you try to stay humble with and say, hey, I still haven't proven anything?
2: Oh, no, i will still stay humble with it because, you know, when you get to college, none of that even matters anymore. So I'm just going to let my play speak for itself.
1: Yeah. Uh, Coach told me you're really close with his children. Uh, I guess he has a, uh, you know, two small children, and you you you're just a very soft-spoken guy off the field. Tell me about that, Shamar Stewart, because we see the guy who makes the sacks and the big plays and and hits people. But what 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 are you like off the field?
2: Off the field, you know, I don't do too much. I don't go out much. I just stay home and, and relax, or I'll go work out. Mm-hmm. But when I'm with his kids. I feel I feel like my real siblings you know they look up to me you know and they're real and they're really happy when I'm around yeah. so I, that brings joy into my life
1: tell me about your childhood growing up were you always here in South Florida coach told me your parents are from Jamaica and you know that you, obviously you've been living with your grandmother but just curious about your upbringing you know and and, and what life was like when you were younger
2: I was I, uh, I grew up in North Miami. I was born in Florida. Uh, Growing up, I I wasn't really into sports at all. Like, I was just more in the house, kid. But then, uh, I got recommended to play football. And then I didn't really like it at first because I didn't really like running.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody does, right?
2: (laughs) No. So I think I took a year or two off then went back my seventh grade year. Hmm. And then, Got a little bit of hype going in high school. When I got to high school, I didn't really have the greatest freshman year. And Coach Mo came my life and helped me became become the player I am today.
1: Yeah, Pace is uh, an interesting school. It's produced a lot of good players over the years. Won championships. I was there when they won their first state championship with Coach Zacchio, yeah. way back when. Um, what was what was going to Pace like for you for four years? And what did what have you gotten out of playing in the program?
2: me going to Pace for four years gave me a great education you know it made me learn the game more as a player
1: and you and you've obviously played against some really good competition right over the years
2: yeah definitely definitely i played against some of the best over the years
1: i think this year you you went head-to-head against um armella right from uh, saint thomas aquinas did you guys not play them this year yeah, we played against St. Thomas this year. Was he the best lineman you, you went up against this year, or who would you say has been the best offensive lineman you faced in your high school career?
2: Uh I think he was the best lineman I played in my high school career.
1: Okay. Well, how did the battle go? Who won?
2: <laughs> uh, I mean the scoreboard says has set itself.
1: What do you enjoy most about football?
2: Enjoying football let me let me get away with get away from life, you know. And do something I, I
1: enjoy and love doing. As a kid, you said you spent a lot of time inside. What What were you doing? Were you drawing? Were you playing games? What were you doing that you that you sort of w- w- were into when you were young? Back then, I was probably I
2: was into drawing and
1: just looking
0: through
2: the window. Mm-hmm. Not too
1: so, much. and it was just you and your grandmother mostly, or you know, no, how? Oh, you, you and your mom too. Okay, and and your grandmother. Tell me about her. Um, you know, Coach Mo said she's. She's uh, a good lady. Tell me about growing up with her.
2: Growing up with her, she always did her best to try to take care of me. She
1: she tried to do an extra mile to make sure I'm happy, and I greatly appreciate her for that. Yeah. So you guys have a special relationship, I'm sure. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. So this recruiting process, are you ready to get it over with? Are you kind of tired of it all?
2: yeah. (laughs)
1: this process <laughs> what's been the most annoying part has it been guys like me the reporters chasing you down has it been the college coaches Is it what's been the part when you look at it and you say man I, I wish if I had to do it all over again I would get rid of that part of it <laughs> uh, it was a constant talking to coaches you know
2: mm-hmm. they call you whenever they
1: want and things like that so now you've got a final three with, with Texas A&M Georgia and Miami you just visited Georgia talk to me about that trip and what stood out? Coach told me you were throwing axes and hitting targets or something.
2: Yeah, I was definitely throwing axes.
1: <laughs> give, me the, give me a little rundown of what it was like. You
2: know, it was fun. You know, doing something I wouldn't imagine myself doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I had
1: to put it. And, and, and the trip itself, what were some of the highlights for you? I'm sure you got a chance to meet Coach Smart or talk to Coach Smart even more. You probably met him a long time ago. But just that relationship and, and what that was like hanging out and talking with him.
2: You know, it was great. Coach Kirby is a very—he's—he's he's an amazing guy.
1: And um, what you know, some of the players at, at Georgia, do you have any good relationships with them? Uh, some
2: of the the ones I have relationships with—they into the transfer trans- portal.
1: When when does that hurt Georgia at all in your mind when you make the decision making, or do you look at them independently as?
2: No, I like them for different reasons. It's not—it's not ever.
1: Anything personal? We're taking the school. Okay, and you, you, you are not going to Texas A&M as far as a visit this week, and you're going to Miami. But I wanted to ask you about Texas A&M, and just you know, coach said you've been there more than any other school. What stands out most uh for you about Texas A&M?
2: What stands out more about Texas A&M? You know, is the is a family atmosphere.
1: And the relationships maybe you built with the coaches. Uh, coach mentioned the, the D-line coach, that you're very uh, good friends with him and you like him a lot. And then, of course, Coach Fisher. Um, can you talk about those relationships and, and what maybe stands out for you?
2: You know, they all wish the best for their recruits. Man. They don't recruit you. They don't they recruit you. They just build a relationship with you. And that makes you want to like them more
1: as a coaching staff. Mm-hmm. When you think about Texas A&M, obviously it's a little far from home. Uh, all these schools, except for Miami, but uh, the distance, does that not matter to you when you make a decision? No, sir. And I guess why not? What is it that, that, that makes you feel like, hey, this is you know maybe just a part of life, or what is it that that, that you're okay with with leaving?
2: Because I'm going to go somewhere that can develop me the most.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what matters most, I guess, in the end. As far as Miami, uh, Coach Mo said that you know, the recruitment has been different with them since Coach Cristobal took over. I guess, can you explain that a little bit for us, that, you know, as far as what stands out about Miami now and, and what, you know, what's made the situation better with them? The
2: atmosphere is different with the new Miami staff. Everybody's more energetic, you know. It's like this is very, like it's, they're building something really special in Miami.
1: And and I guess Coach was quoted today saying the the one thing against Miami I guess is or that, that that makes it tough is that you don't know who the defensive coordinator is yet. How much does that affect your decision knowing the coaching situation at Miami? It
2: definitely affects it a lot because you know I'm not gonna go there and they're gonna hire somebody that don't play my
1: scheme. Right, and it seems like that's a big factor for you. I saw on Twitter you posted, "I'm a I'm a defensive end," and Coach Mo mentioned to me that. Miami and Texas A&M view you as a defensive end. He said Georgia maybe wanted to play you a little bit more inside. How much of that plays a factor for you as far as uh, the position that you're playing and the way that you're going to be used?
2: It makes a decision a lot because, you know, I'm not going to go somewhere that I'm not going to play my natural position.
1: Right. And why do you view yourself as a guy who is maybe best on the edge versus inside? Is there something over time that you just feel like, hey, this is this is why I'm better at here?
2: Oh, because you know I got size and strength on the outside with speed, and I'm not really built to be an inside interior guy, so I'm just feel like I'm more successful on the edge.
1: Okay, and you know, Coach mentioned to me, Coach Marquez, that. Um, you know, you you're a guy who, ultimately, uh, throughout all of these trips, have been there to enjoy it, not necessarily to talk a ton. He he does most of the talking, so in any way, shape, or form, do you, do you feel like you know you have a, a good grasp on on your decision, or is there still something that like a question that you have, or something that you're waiting on before you reach a decision?
2: i um, no, cause I feel like I've been at enough schools to know what they have to offer.
1: Mm-hmm. And so I guess this trip to Miami on the weekend, what are you most hoping to get out of it, Um, you know, as far as being able to make a decision?
2: Uh, You know, I'm just going to clarify some
1: things. Particularly probably defensive coordinator, right? Like getting an answer with that. Definitely. That's definitely up there. How's your relationship with Coach Joe Salavea? He's he's obviously one of the position coaches. They've obviously got other guys on staff that I know are going to be working with the defensive line. How do you feel about that group?
2: He's a really good coach because he's, he's going to coach. He's been coaching some first-rounders. Um, we didn't really get talk as much when he was at Oregon, so we're starting to build a relationship right now.
1: Um, but you like him, I guess, initially. Yeah, of course. He's a great guy. Yeah. What are you going to do as far as the process? Coach mentioned maybe you know you get home from the trip Sunday and you kind of weigh your pros and your cons, but in your head, how do you view it after this weekend trip to Miami? Uh,
2: after this weekend trip, I'm going to take a day and think hard about it and then uh, make my decision.
1: Yeah. And once you do, you're going to wait to announce it on the second or you, are you going to reach out to the, each of the teams and tell them what you decided?
2: I'm gonna tell the teams that I didn't commit to that I won't be going to their school.
1: Give them the heads. Give them the heads up, right? Yeah, yeah. In the end, I guess when having gone through all this, and I know COVID obviously took away some of the trips you could have taken as a junior because all the schools were closed. But after going through this whole thing, what did you enjoy the most about the process? And you know, what do you? What would you? What advice would you give other Shamar Stewarts down the road in in going through this?
2: I would say, just take your time with it. You don't have to rush your recruitment. Everything is in your hands.
1: Okay. And and I guess if is, in terms of the experiences of visiting these schools, any funny stories, any moments that you'll never forget, you know, about these trips or, or good times when you when you look back on it and say, I'm putting that in my scrapbook. I'm gonna remember that forever. I'll
2: say it was going down Clemson slide. Any particular reason? Because I kind of went down too fast and did the landing.
1: As far as the, um, you're probably a good person to ask these questions. Um, As far as game day experience, uh, being on the sideline for a game, which one, and I know you attended a bunch of them, which one stood out to you the most?
2: Uh, It was definitely Texas A M.
1: Which game was that that you went to?
2: I went to the South Carolina
1: game. And what stood out? Just the way the crowd? Was there any, you know, the cheering? What was it particular that just you were like, man, this is different?
2: Yeah, that crowd was
1: crazy. <laughs> Kyle Field, yep. And then what about uh, I don't know the the best uh, weight room, best facilities, all that stuff.
2: Uh, I'll say the best facility had to be uh, Georgia, sir. They have like a seventy yard weight room.
1: Best entertainment, best activity you did because I know you know the axe throwing. You mentioned that at Georgia. What other cool things did you do on these official visits?
2: Uh, we also went cooking at Georgia. They made the recruits cook uh, their own
1: pasta. I think that was pretty fun. That was pretty fun, and obviously you still have Miami, so we'll see what they they do. Are you, what? Do you know what you're wearing for the for the second? You, which suit? You already have it all picked out or no?
2: Yeah, I've everything picked out already.
1: Anybody give you advice as far as <laughs> how to do it or how to do the announcement? You know, or just to do it straight up, like, hey, I'm going to say it, pick the hat and put it on my head.
2: Oh, I don't know. I'll think about it when I get
1: there. Shamar, I appreciate it, man. Best of luck to you, and uh, congrats on whatever decision you make, okay?
2: Thank you. Thank
1: you. All right, man. Take care. All right, so you just heard the interview with Shamar Stewart. Obviously, a guy who is looking forward to his weekend trip to Miami. As I mentioned earlier, there are going to be other recruits on campus with him this weekend, guys that had previously... Uh, announced that they would be taking their official visits. Kristen Miller, a four-star defensive tackle, out of the Georgia area. Uh, R. Mason Thomas and Ahmad Moten, two defensive linemen, out of uh, Cardinal Gibbons here locally in Fort Lauderdale, and of course, four-star running back Javante Citizen. Uh, Miami sitting at uh, 10 freshmen, uh, you know, high school recruits. That's what they they signed uh, back in December. They got a couple transfers. Uh ultimately remember Mario Cristobal said he wants to get to between um 16 to 20 signees and that, that obviously includes transfers so uh but this kid here the next interview with Jack pyborn really interesting kid grew up with uh, parents who uh, were marines his father was marine a guy who was very very disciplined eats seven meals a day state ra- state champion wrestler uh, amazing uh football player really interesting kid hope you enjoyed this interview Listen, we're right in the middle of recruiting season, so we have to do a recruiting episode here with somebody who's very high up on the Miami Hurricanes wish list, and that would be Jack Pyburn, edge rusher out of Jacksonville Bulls High School. He's 6'4", 260 pounds, and Jack, uh, great football player, great wrestler. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. So you've been through this recruiting process, and it feels probably like a whirlwind, right, the last couple of weeks just because – Yes. It seems like you were a late bloomer to the process. I know you were committed before, but yes, what explain to us what what how the, your senior year recruitment sort of went?
3: Yeah, so I, I came into the senior like my senior year with uh, two, three Power Five offers, and maybe two. I had much a of smaller uh, FCS, and then at first, and then some more FBS offers, and um, then I had Georgia Tech and uh, Minnesota and I ended up choosing Minnesota. Um, and then it's a season when I started, you know, I had a great year, made great transition over the offseason, becoming more of a defensive lineman, um, not just a linebacker, but kind of an all-around well-rounded player. Um, I'd say towards the be- like middle of my season, I started getting more interest from colleges as they started coming to watch games. And I remember, you know, West Virginia came and watched my game, and they instantly offered me. And So things started happening. And then when early contact period happened, you know, I popped some more and more offers. And then obviously, um, you know, when the new I waited, didn't early sign um, and then decided that it was best for me to decommit after early, not early signing. And then, you know, Miami hopped in. You know, I think it was like right when a few of the defensive coaches got hired, they viewed my film and then within like two days after they called me and offered me and were on me from the get. So, I mean, the the staff has been on me since pretty much they've gotten there and it's been, it's been awesome. And then, you know, some other schools also hopped in and it's, it's been cool.
1: Yeah. I got to imagine, you know, it's, it's probably rewarding too, right? Like, you know, you look at the recruiting rankings and and some guys take this stuff serious. Some guys don't, they don't care about it, but you look at the recruiting rankings and they got you ranked like somewhere 1100, you know, and and then you look at your senior year, you look at the the output, 109 tackles, 32 tackles for loss, 15 sacks. Like you said, you had a great senior year and, but you did almost become like, Oh, you know, it's fine. You know, those a few power fives, but not really like it is now. It it has to be a good feeling as a player, right? That, Hey man, I, I put in the work and now I'm getting the love.
3: Yes. And I, I definitely would say about my ranking uh, tomorrow, it's uh, it's going to be pretty exciting.
1: It's going to be moving up. <laughs> all right. It'll be
3: it'll be exciting.
1: <laughs> You'll leave it at that. Uh, yes. Are, are those motivating factors at all as a player, though? Do th- do th- are those kind of things you, know, you write up on the wall? Number one thousand yes. one hundred. Like, yeah, you do.
3: <laughs> yeah. To say to say there's a thousand players in the country better than me is just laughable. This is not the truth. Mm-hmm. I personally, I don't feel like there's anybody better than me because you line some up across from me. I'm going to be you. And that's just how I view life. And if you don't view life like that, you're not going to be successful. As successful as you want to be. I mean, to be at that level and achieve the utmost success, you have to view yourself in a light that you are, you know, you have to be grounded and not, you know, this cocky, arrogant person, but, you know, you have to be confident, prideful in yourself, take pride in everything you do. And that's one thing I feel like I do. And I think it's really shown in, I think I'm getting the respect that I deserve to some sense. I still feel like I deserve a lot more respect, but I feel like now I'm starting to get a little bit of notoriety into my name and that respect mm-hmm. aspect.
1: It's got to feel great and, and well-earned. Obviously you, you you put in the work, you put out the numbers. Um, tell me about, obviously, I know you're going to make a decision, I guess, February 1st, right? That's the day that, that you're going to yes. make your announcement. Let's start with that. Uh, is it at school? Is it on TV? How are you doing this?
3: Yeah, so that's actually going to be at my school. So <laughs> my family, close friends, mentors, and, you know, f- you know everybody's going to be able to come watch me at school. And then also it's going to be on CBS HQ. Awesome. So it's going to be on, yeah, it'll be live on TV. So, you know, everybody can tune in and watch and it's going to be awesome. I've
1: you, you, seen you advertise in, on your Twitter account, Miami and Auburn are the two finalists. Is there nobody sneaking into that conversation? Just those, those will be the two schools?
3: I don't think so. I think I think those two schools are my two schools to decide between and they're two great choices. And it's, it's exciting.
1: Yeah. Tell me about uh, Coach Cristobal, the relationship maybe you forged with him. They were there earlier today. I know on an in-home visit, you tweeted that photo out for all of us. Tell me about him, Coach Salavea, And just, you know, obviously, I know this this is all happened within a month or, or less than a month. Right. Uh, where, where you've gotten to know them. But what, what's that relationship like? And describe it to me.
3: Coach Chris Ball is the man, and Coach Joe is the man. All the coaches are amazing. I mean, you know, the texts I get from them are so uplifting and so, like, it makes you feel so good as a person. And, like, you know, Coach Chris Ball texted me the other day and told me, you know, he's going to take me under his wing and treat me like a son, and he's going to get Dan Morgan to be my mentor, and, you know, and all these things aren't smoke. I mean, it's real. I mean, he he's saying what's going to happen, and, you know, just – Coach Joe and, you know, how, how good of a person he is and how good of a coach he is. Um, I just feel like they really care about me, the entire staff, and they let me know it all the time. So it feels good. And, you know, the, the amount of love I've been getting from the, that coaching staff and also the fan base of Miami has been amazing. And I've it's just been really special for me.
1: Dan Morgan is a guy, see, I I, I'm 43 years old. So Dan and I are more similar age, right? He went on to the NFL. I was a sports writer for 25 years. I loved football. Wasn't nearly as good at it as Dan Morgan is, but what is that like as, as, as a player knowing Dan Morgan, I'm sure you probably know the history, right? Um, what was that like to get a a tweet from him? And is that one of those things like, man, this is really cool.
3: (laughs) Uh, It wasn't just a tweet. I mean, the tweet start like, didn't even start it. So I would, when I was on my tour in Miami, um, we were going around the facility and, you know, we walked by the Dan Morgan mural Mm -hmm. and it was on the wall and I was like, he's a monster. I'm like, he's a beast, a 44 number. It means something. Coach Chris was like, you want to talk to him? I was like, coach, what do you mean? Talk to him. He's like, here, I got his number. Boom. Facetimed him. He answered. And I talked to Dan Morgan for like five minutes and it was the coolest thing. And it just shows how strong the alumni base is. And you know, how much, you know, the, the great, legacy players of Miami care and how much the community of Miami cares about the team. And especially with Chris Paul now at the helm, because, you know, he was there when it was the U he is the U he embodies what the U was. And that's being tough and gritty and, you know, not flashy and all these other kind of things. So that's why I've just coach Chris Paul, just an amazing man. And like, just for him doing that for me, was just like, so cool. I mean, it was awesome. And then obviously Dan Morgan tweeted it also was it was cool.
1: Yeah, I reached out to you right before. I think you were on the plane flying down there with your folks, right? When you and I first communicated. Yes. And I was like, hey, have a great weekend, man. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, aside from Dan Morgan and all that, what did your parents, what did your folks think of it? And look, I, I my, my parents just moved up to St. John's County with my brother. They're all living up there now. Oh, I, yeah. love, I love going up there. Awesome. They live right on the river. And uh, awesome. But how do your parents feel? Because when you look at the two schools, Auburn and Miami, right? kind of the same driving distance right so how do your parents feel about the school we'll talk about auburn too but just miami and that and that, and that experience
3: so i mean we've been down in miami so many times you know my dad has been down there probably a hundred times and you know it's a place we we go all the time and i actually have family down there and um and just like it's really cool to have the two places that i'm considering now be so close to home you know within driving distance for my entire family to be able to visit and come watch me play and you know, it's same thing with both conferences. You know, SEC, the games will be in the South. ACC, the games will be in the South. So it's a really cool opportunity for my family to be able to watch me. You know, originally being committed to Minnesota, I mean, that's 26 hours from home. Right. And every game is 20 hours from home. So it's – that was definitely a big factor. And, you know, just – and, I mean, when my family got down to Miami, I mean, you know, when we walked in the doors, we were greeted by the entire staff clapping and cheering. And it was just like, wow, these guys – it means something down here and it really cares. And my family is loves coach Chris ball and coach Joe and coach Smith and coach mirror and coach Fell, like just the entire staff. I mean, they made such a big impression on my parents and it was, yeah, it was awesome. And just, you know, what they what their coaching staff is standing for and like how they're moving the program in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like you really fell in love with the place. Listen, at The Athletic, I got listeners uh, and, and readers at Auburn, too, that I'm sure want to hear about this recent weekend. And it's only fair because they're the two finalists. Curious how the trip to Auburn went and what sort of stood out for you. Auburn's awesome.
3: I mean, it is, it is awesome also. And the tradition and the pride behind that school is just amazing. You know, just going – I went to the basketball game and just seeing how much the fans care – and I mean, I, I went to the bathroom and I got like 15 people came up to me and I didn't even have my name tag on They're Like Jack, you got to come to Auburn. I'm like, wow, this is, this is cool. Like <laughs> just people know who you are. And I'm like, I'm a recruit and they just know who I am. It's so that was really cool. And just, you know, the, the tight knit family that it is. And you know, it was, it was awesome. I really enjoyed my time. And so did my family.
1: How long have they been recruiting you, the, the Tigers? And, and when did that relationship sort of, uh, how was it born?
3: Yeah. So that relationship started in the beginning of December, um, when early contact opened back up, um, whenever early contact opened back up, it was like the first few days, uh, coach Watts actually came to campus and met with me and wanted to see me and, you know, put eyes on me and like meet me. And we, so we talked for like 20 minutes to establish a relationship and we kept in contact for, you know, a few weeks and leading up to obviously the offer and, um, He gave me a call a few days before the offer and kind of let me know that they were moving things into the final process. Oh, please don't come out on me.
1: It's all right. You're doing good. (laughs) We We could edit.
3: And then, uh, yeah. So, and then they uh, offered a few days after Miami. So, Auburn had been on me for a while. Um, It wasn't a team that, like, came out of nowhere. So, I'd actually established a pretty good relationship with Coach Watts before the offer. So, when I got the offer, I was pretty
1: excited. Yeah. When you started this process and you said, okay, I'm holding off. What did you tell yourself was going to be important in in the decision-making process? What did you sort of hold highest in regard among, you know, finding a school? I wanted to,
3: I wanted to find a school that was about culture and that was about fit. And for me, fit has always been the biggest thing. You know, I got to see myself living there, playing there and being happy there. And the other thing was, I just wanted to be somewhere closer to home for sure. Um, And obviously, I just felt like I was, you know, destined for bigger lights. And just, you know, my mentality and the way I approached the game, I knew that I could achieve great things anywhere. So I felt that with the season that I put together and my measurables and everything that there would be great opportunities that would come for me holding out. They did. So I'm just really glad that I waited and, you know, played my cards.
1: Tell me a little bit about yourself as as, as just a kid growing up. Uh, you're always in in the Jacksonville area. You mentioned Miami family. Dad played ball. Where where did the athletic genes come from?
3: Yeah, so my uh, I've been playing sports since I was two. I mean, I came out and playing sports. You know, the first picture of me in a crib is with a football beside my head. So you know, I've always been. You know, my dad wrestled and played ball in uh, high school, and you know, actually went on into the Marines and. Uh, My mom, she was a cheerleader and a track star in high school. So, And then my uncle was a uh, scholarship player for Clemson soccer and then actually walked onto the football team and was on the football team for four years. And Clemson had their Orange Bowl victory back in the day. And, um, you know, also at Auburn, my, my uncle's brother, I think, no, my grandpa's cousin, first cousin was a Auburn great. So, you know, there's athletics in that department. And, you know, so there's a lot of been a lot of great athletes in my family and, you know, they're passionate about sports, but I'd say Jack Piper going to be the best one yet for sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so when you were a kid, did you have a favorite team or anybody favorite player growing up? I mean, I, I say kid, you're still Technically a kid, right? But uh, yeah, <laughs> look more like a man. But I'm worried. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of, uh, of, yeah, you know, when you were younger, was there a favorite player, favorite team type of thing?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I've always been a Gator. Mm-hmm. So I mean, my both my parents went to game, you know, Gainesville, and you know, so I grew up going and watching the Gators play at Ben Hill. And I think that was another one of the biggest things for me is that I wanted to play. It was my dream to play in front of a, a stadium of 60 70 80 90 thousand people and you know just where i was going wasn't that and so that was another big thing that's a big thing to me too and you know that was so that was cool and you know i've been playing football since i was tackle football since i was six or seven uh, all the way to tiny might so i've gone all the way through played <laughs> dn uh running back fullback tight end o-line d-line i mean i've played everywhere so mm-hmm. you know my love for ball has always been there and you know, just, just to be able to put pads on and be able to imply your will on another man. It's just like, it's a primal feeling and unlike anything else. So I just, I've always loved it.
1: Did you have a favorite player or or a team like a, Oh yeah. You know, you know, as far as
3: pros? Yes. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. My, I always, I always love watching Ray Lewis highlights growing up and then also Luke Kuechly. And, you know, I just love the way Ray Lewis was just so violent with everything mm-hmm. he did. So, you know, I love watching him growing up and then, You know, kind of as I got a little bit older, Jared Davis, a linebacker uh, for the Lions, was awesome. And, you know, more recently in the past few years, it's been probably the past five years, it's been the Bosa brothers and, you know, TJ. And it's been I love those guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, When Coach Cristobal talks to you about your future and what he views you doing, you know, maybe freshman year, second year, all that kind of stuff. Did they paint those those pictures for you in your mind so you have sort of an idea of what they're, they're looking at?
3: Yeah. Coach Christopher with how he just sees me as, you know, how far out and how advantaged I am compared to other kids, my age, you know, my routine, how I prepare myself, you know, I have a regimented schedule. I wake up every day at four o'clock in the morning. I go to the gym at four 40 to seven o'clock every single day, you know, go to school, then wrestle, you know, I eat seven meals a day. I've been doing this for, you know, a year and a half now. So it is my life. It's not mm-hmm. something I'm like moving into it's my life. And, you know, that's honestly what college is. And, you know, in some sense it'll be, for me, college will be a little bit easier because everything's so accessible for me, you know, and recovery tools. So, I mean, he sees me with my mentality, my measurables and, you know, how I have prepared my body that he expects me to make an early impact freshman year.
1: You mentioned seven meals. Uh, t- take me through it because I, I want other people to see just what, what it's like to maintain that. Obviously you think of guys like the rock, right. Who's eating all that salmon, doing all those meals a day training, like, like you just explained, but what, what's that like the eating regimen and then the workout regimen in the morning?
3: Yeah. So I start my day, I'll, I'll go through the whole day. And this is pretty much what Monday through Friday looks like. So start on my day, wake up, um, got my gallon of water beside me, um, walk downstairs, or shower first and walk downstairs, have a protein shake, um, take my like vitamins um, and then I fill a water with uh, hundred grams of carb powder, go to the gym, drink the carb powder during the gym, work out for, you know, two hours, 20 minutes, start my workout with a hard burnout on the assault bike to simulate kind of wrestling training and getting my heart rate going fast. And then we jump right into a, you know, two hour and a half, two hour to hour and a half workout, get done with my workout, go home, drink my protein shake, another protein shake, Shower, make all my meals, head to school. Um, and then I eat breakfast at school. And then I go through class, have my first meal at like 1030, my first lunch, wait about an hour and a half, eat another me- full meal um, and then have wait another two hours. And by that time, school most school's almost out, have a protein shake. Um, and throughout the day, I'm drinking close to two gallons of water um, and then go through wrestling, pound more water, um, come home. Uh, Have another big meal, probably my biggest meal, which is normally a red meat, like a steak um, and potatoes, big starch um, with some veggies and then walk upstairs, (laughs) shower, come back downstairs, have another spinach protein shake and a fruit and call it a day.
1: Wow. And you're in bed at what time every day? Nine. Nine o'clock. Wow. And so this is just- sleep at nine. Sleep at night. Wow. Um, I mean, it's amazing to have that kind of discipline. Uh, and you said you started a year and a half ago, somebody had to have helped you because that's not an easy thing to pull. No, no. I mean, I want it for myself, but you know, my trainer, uh, David
3: Campy, who's a, uh, bodybuilder. He's been influential on in that. And he's just, he's like my brother. I mean, he's not my trainer. He's literally like my brother that I've never had. I'm so thankful for him and, you know, the sacrifices he's made to, you know, work with me and, you know, and it's just been special. So he's helped me with that. And also, you know, my dad just, you know, keeping me, you know, just telling me, you know, keeping me positive. And so, you know, my family has been a huge support for it and, you know, and, you know, now it's just my life, you know, it's just, I don't know any other way. This is the mm-hmm. only way I do things. So, you know, if I, even if I eat bad, I'm just kind of like, I didn't really like that. That wasn't that great. So
1: yeah, That's yeah. great. That's great discipline. I'm sure. Listen, I know Mario Cristobal. He, You know, this is a guy who wanted to be a secret service agent. One point he thought about MMA fighting. I know he does the MMA training. You guys must bond over this kind of stuff, right? You guys must have talked nutrition and and, and just the workouts. Yes. I'll send him a, I always send him like, because he
3: wakes up so early sometimes, like randomly. So I always send him a uh, like a text, like in the gym, like trying to beat him before he wakes up. And, you know, most of the time I get him, but sometimes he's up and I'm like, man, this dude. This dude does no, not stop, and he'll be like, "Just got my workout in, Jack," and so it's awesome, you know. It's, my relationship with Coach Cristobal has just been amazing, and he is—he's an amazing guy.
1: Yeah, it seems—it seems like those kind of things are so meaningful, right? That you want to have that kind of bond, and it seems like he goes over the top to really to bond with guys over different things. Uh, I don't know if you—I mean, obviously, it's just your relationship with him, but other guys, I don't know if you've heard stories about the way he recruits other guys too. But it's—it's it's so intense, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and yes, and how many, is. how many messages do you get a day from him? A text uh, every few hours or how does that work? Every few hours. Every few hours. And it's just encouragement, positive things. Yeah. Yes. How tough of a decision is this going to be for you?
3: Hard. Um, you know, it's, it's like comparing oranges to apples. I mean, it's not apples to apples. They're two completely different schools and two completely different places. So mm-hmm. it's, it's made it really hard and, you know, the other day, I just got to sit down and, you know, realize what's most important to me, make the decision based off of that, and you know, yeah. sit down with my family, take their opinions in. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah.
1: Stadium wise, you'd have to say Auburn um, and that atmosphere more intense. It's just in the SEC. It just is that way. I'm not going to, you know, yes. sugarcoat it. Hard Rock Stadium. There's games where. You know, it's not always like it was Notre Dame twenty seventeen, where the where the place was electric. But I can't tell you, living in South Florida, when Miami is at its best, dude, there is nothing quite like that stadium when it's electric. I'm sure Coach Cristobal probably tried to sell you on that point.
3: Yes, yes, he has.
1: Yeah,
3: he has. He said when the when the U is rocking and Miami's rocking, there's no place like it.
1: It really is. Um, well, listen, I, I really hope that uh, this, is, this comes down and isn't as painful a decision for you as it probably feels right now. Maybe it'll feel really good, and uh, you'll make your announcement February 1st, sign February 2nd, and uh, being a guy who covers the Canes, I really would love to see you down here. It'd be great to uh, cover you because I think you're, you'd be a special athlete down here the way you train. I talked to a lot of other guys. I don't think anybody's maybe as committed to their body at, at this level, being a high school senior, the way that you are. Uh, the training that you get, I think that's pretty special. Yes, sir. Well, listen. Best of luck to you uh, in your in your decision making process. What is? Uh, but you mentioned your father being a marine. What What do they do now? Mom and dad.
3: Oh, my. So my parents are divorced. My mom is works in the wine business with her new husband, okay. um, and my dad's a land developer.
1: A land developer. Okay, but still in the Jacksonville area. Yes. Yeah, so you, you got both of them there, and I'm sure they probably uh, would love to see you play college ball and, and be in, in a good spot to do that all It's the been time. their dreams.
3: Yeah, it's been their dream.
1: Yeah, Jack, uh, phenomenal interview, man. Really appreciate. It. What what? By the way, just uh, we can edit some of the stuff out. But uh, your GPA and everything, you, I'm sure Bowles, you got to be a good student. Yeah, I have a 3.8 3A. 3A GPA. And what do you? And what is it that you want to study in college? Uh, uh construction management. Oh, kind of what your pop does same similar. Yeah. Thing. Construction management or business. Okay, cool. And, and Miami offers that and, and Auburn both offer that. Auburn offers one of
3: the best construction management schools in the country. And, uh, Miami offers, uh, they offer have a business degree and then a major in construction management. So both programs have, have so, so it's not like that's a dividing factor for you or anything. Not as much. You know, I'm big on school and whatnot, but it's I'm here to play ball. You know, I, I want to get my education. In. Education is extremely important. But right, right, you know, right. at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm here to play ball and make it and achieve what I want to achieve.
1: Yeah, great, man. Well, listen, best of luck to you, dude. And um, Thanks, I, I, obviously, you, you're doing your announcement up there. Wh- wh- whichever way you go, I wish you the best of luck, okay? Thank you, sir. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Wide Right. Be sure to check in uh, at theathletic.com. Read all the articles, all my posts, uh, little notes here and there that, that I post on the website. Follow me on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. We will be back with another episode very soon.